Welcome to the Bridgeway Church Podcast. My name is David Bowden, and every week I sit down with one or several members of our church staff and host a conversation about how Bridgeway is seeking to fulfill its mission as the Church of Jesus Christ here in our city. If you are a member of Bridgeway, we hope this helps you more deeply engage with what God is doing in our midst. And if you aren't a part of Bridgeway, we hope you feel welcome and that our discussions may lead to more Christ-glorifying ministry in your own context. Let's jump in. Well, welcome everyone to the Bridgeway Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We are in our series on community, and we're looking at its biblical foundations, um, how we uh, operate in the gifts in our in our community, what rhythms look like. And today, we're going to be looking at uh, kids in community. What does it look like to incorporate our kids in our community groups? Um, how do we build rhythms that value them and help train them up in the way that they should go? And so we are going to be sitting down with three wonderful people all around this beautiful table and uh, going to try to have a conversation about kids and community. So Andy, you're back through this whole this whole shebang, this whole series. I love series on community. Yes, you do. So why don't you introduce our other guests, one of which has been a, a, a Bridgeway Podcast regular. but Which is Krista Meyer, which our Krista Meyer. Director of Family Ministries here at Bridgeway Church. Hi guys, happy to be here. Yay, and Leah Palmer, one of our community group leaders here at Bridgeway Church. Hey, guys. Yay. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be good. It's going to be really good. So, um, Andy, when I reached out to you and and kind of asked you to help me form a series on community, why was it imperative that we had a discussion about kids and community? Oh, man. Because I would say the number one question from community group leaders is, how do we do this with kids? And now even that question, it's almost like, what do we do with our kids? Which is probably not a great question because it really already puts out the idea that like, we need something for our kids to be entertained while we do the Mm. stuff of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so we need to break through that first off. But that's the question. I think everyone's going the hardest thing that we have in our community group to understand how to live out the Christian life is how to do it with our kids with distraction, with chaos. I've got two, three, and five-year-old, and there can be chaos in the house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's with our three. You add <laughs> in our community group 12 more of yep. those little wonderful people, yep. uh, it can be difficult. Yep. So I thought, what if we just got a conversation going about some, some possible thoughts on what we do, some rhythms, some how-tos, but also why? Yeah. Like why kids and community? Okay. So then Krista, I'm going to ask you a question then. I'm going to yeah. spring it on you. Okay. So uh, get the mic a little closer there to you so I can hear you. We have two people sharing a microphone because we have so, so many people in the studio today, which is a good problem to have. Um, and so and, Andy kind of hinted at something there where we, we, we seem to have this tendency to say, um, what do we, we have the kids go do? not how do we get the kids involved mm-hmm. is that is is trying to separate kids from the adults in community the wrong choice or just one choice among many um, and why i think it's i think there's more than one answer to that okay. so um i think when i look at it i think of quality over quantity mm-hmm. if that if that can translate well into the situation um 
So it's probably a both and. Like there's times for the kids to come in for some really good quality time, um, share a Bible story, let them pray along with with you, um, bring them into the discussions. And then there's the time to let them go play. Mm. And it's not like you've sent them off to do something and they're not still involved. Like they're watching, you're modeling, this is what community looks like. But let's be honest, a two-year-old isn't going to sit in your living room and be engaged with you. Let's be honest. A 12-year-old isn't going (laughs) to sit in your living room and be engaged with you for an hour and a half while you're getting into the deep things of God. Mm -hmm. Now, they're going to walk through. They're going to distract you. But all the while, they're seeing something being modeled. And this is Christian community. So it's all intentional. But I would say go for quality over quantity as far as what amount of time are they with you. It's both and. I see. So so one of the problems we might have is when we kind of go for an all-or-nothing approach where it's like they either have to be involved in everything or we just ship them off and they're not involved in anything. That's right. It's like, let's try to find some middle ground there where we let kids be kids, but also impress upon them the need for community by modeling it and allowing them avenues to enter in, which I know we'll spend a lot of the episode talking about. Uh, Leah, um, why, why do you think that that this question even comes up at all. Like, what are some of the difficulties that you've experienced in trying to incorporate kids in community? Like, why do we have this tendency to want to just like separate them and do the adult thing? Yeah. So, what is what's hard about having kids in okay. community? Yeah. Well, we we currently have kids that are our our children are ten and thirteen, so we've come through the uh, the years of there being of fifteen toddlers or you know five and under in a in a community group, and even though we want them to be a part, like Chris is talking about, like hearing and being a part, there literally is one, maybe no space for all the adults and all the kids to be all together in a room, unless someone you're just meeting in a home that's really large. Um, and then two, it's hard because people are distracted and um, with little ones, they're they're crying and they're, they are literally needing things from parents that takes away from yeah. the, the community meeting. Um, yeah, so I mean, I mean, you, you brought up two really important points: room, yes. <laughs> space, and distraction. Big deals. I mean, yes. Yeah, but. those are really big deals. It's like for a lot of community groups, just fitting all the adults in one mm-hmm. space can be hard. And then if every couple has a couple kids, <laughs> I mean, that's like now you get three times as many people in there, and so the space can just be overwhelmed. And then you guys, you, you know, we're trying to pray, we're trying to intercede for one another, we're trying to share the fine china of our life with one another, and then a kid comes in crying because little brother pinched her or something, and it's like, ugh, you know, it, it can be distracting. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think everyone who has kids or even who don't but have been in community settings where kids have been disruptive definitely get this pain point. So, Andy, why then is working through this pain of space and distraction, among other things, why is it worth it? to get kids involved like what is is it worth the headache and you know to yeah. work through and get kids involved in community and why i mean it has to be worth it and not just because there are kids but because yeah. if we go to the bible which is important go toward the beginning in deuteronomy and you guys know the shema but I, i'm going to read it because it's important i mean from from the beginning early on god had some words to say about us and our kids so he says in deuteronomy 6 starting in verse 4 hear o israel the lord our god the lord is one You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. And then here's where there's a command that's coming towards our kids. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, which I always think is funny. (laughs) Just by the way. Just by the way. And when you lie down 
And when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. I mean, that's, that's pretty intense. These words I command you today shall be on your heart, that we would love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, and might. Mm-hmm. And so the command is that our kids are to be taught. They're to be, uh, we are to model our relationship with Jesus. Um, I think one of the things recently for me that I've seen is when my kids get up, I try desperately to get up early in the morning before the chaos starts. They yeah. always catch me. Yeah. It's like, I got up early today. And they're like, so did we. So did we. Yep. <laughs> but the modeling part, like where they get to see like, okay, daddy's reading his Bible. Right. He's writing some stuff down and you get to talk to them and then like, let's get your little Bible out or your normal Bible out, whatever. <laughs> and let's read together. So I even just think of like that type of modeling mm-hmm. has to be done within our community groups. So the why to me is because we're commanded to actually show our kids how good and compassionate and gracious God is, that he's full of steadfast love and faithfulness. And the only way mm-hmm. to do that is to actually do it, right. like have them with us. Now, every time we can talk about what that looks like. Yes. But the why is mm-hmm. God says... I want your children like to know me. And yeah. so we're going to do everything we can to show them who he is, how much he loves them. And that involves, what's crazy is I think about that passage and it's not just meaning in their house mm-hmm. because they their communities weren't just families that got in there, closed their garage door and were a family. They were a communal family. Mm-hmm. So this is not just, this is why I love in community groups thinking, no, all of us coming together and our kids, what does it look like for us to worship Jesus in those times? Yeah, so to repeat back what you said, I, I think you might say it like this, that um, the Shema and Deuteronomy, they tell us to um, model our faith and beliefs for our children so that they might uh, learn them and do the same things. Yeah. And part of our faith that we are to model as a biblical imperative is being in Christian community. And so if we are going to train up our children to value Christian community and see their parents as people who obey the word of God, including its commands to be in Christian community, we need to involve them in that so they can see it. It's like, yeah, it's great if they wake up and see you reading your Bible in the morning and on Sunday if they see you going to church and they see you handling conflict well, repenting often, doing the things that you should be doing in your home. But what about outside your home and how you interact with other Christians? Are you modeling Christian community for your kids? Uh, uh, Crystal, why do you think it's absolutely imperative that we must include kids in community? Is there anything you'd like to add to that? Um, yeah, actually, I'd like to um, just defer to Leah, yeah, who sure. brought some some scripture from Judges. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, so great. I'd like yeah. to talk about, like, what does God say happens when we don't include our kids in community, oh, when man. we aren't intentional, when yeah. we kind of shut them out? So, Leah, I'll let you read. Sure. Yeah, so... Um, Judges chapter 2, verse 10, is talking about uh, uh, the, the Israelites, and Joshua um, passes away, and it says, Also all that generation were gathered to their fathers, and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord, mm. or even the work which he had done for Israel. And the people of Israel did evil and went after other idols. And so, man, that that is the the kicker. We want to talk about these things so that our kids know why we serve the Lord, why even even the um, in, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 20, it says, when your son asks you in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and statutes and precepts that the Lord our God has commanded you? Can't you hear 
haven't all our kids asked us that? Like, mm-hmm. why are we doing this? Why are we <laughs> going? Yep. Why do we have to have 15 kids in our home? Or, you know, whatever the question is, um, we want to be able to talk to them and live out these things that uh, talking about Jesus rescuing us from slavery. Mm-hmm. And I want my kids to hear Krista's stories or the other people's stories in the group of God rescuing us, delivering us from whatever bondage we've been in and in the middle of the journey, at the end of the journey. But I want my kids to hear other people's stories. And so that's why it's important to keep telling the stories to, to it not just be coming from parents. You know, that's the most important mm. voice in a kid's life. Mm-hmm. But man, I want my kids and I want the other kids to hear my stories yeah. and I want my kids to hear everybody else's stories. That it's not just my voice. Yeah. I think it's a beautiful picture of like uh, you had these these feasts that people would have to travel to multiple mm-hmm. times a year in Israel. And the whole point, one of the, one of the main points of them is like on that long journey when you're going to the temple and you have to like gather your palm branches and your and all your material to build like a tent or whatever for the Feast of Booths or whichever festival it is. Or you're having to go and, you know, carry a lamb the whole way to the temple or buy one when you get there. And the kids are like, man, this is really annoying. Like, why do we have to do this? This really interrupts the everyday flow of life. Like, don't, can't we just worship Yahweh at home? Like, we do that all the time. Like, can't we just go to synagogue on Saturday? We do that all the time. Why do we have to do this other thing? And it's like, oh, because there's more. And like, there's a story for you to hear because we're going here to live out and remember the story that God brought us out of the Exodus, like brought us through, uh, you know, the wilderness and brought us to himself. There's a story to tell. And we want you to see that it's not just us who believes this. There's a whole community of people out there, a country, a nation of people that believe this and it strengthens strengthens their faith. What were you going to say, Andy? Well, I was going to say, even like on Sundays when our kids get baptized, what do we do? We bring in the other kids. Why? Because when they hear another kid talk about the goodness and faithfulness of God, it just, it means something. And sometimes, weirdly enough, it means more than what has come from mom and dad every day. Not to, again, not to lessen that, but I think community, and I think we have to read community into Deuteronomy 6. And culturally, of course, we would if we were to transport ourselves back. It just looked different than today. But we love our homes. We love our families. Mm -hmm. But our families have to get together. I mean, in Acts 2, it says they devoted themselves to the fellowship, mm. which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. What's the fellowship? It's actually abiding together with God and with one another in deep, deep relationships, which means our kids, mm-hmm. and they have to be involved too. Absolutely. So let's talk then. We've kind of laid the groundwork and said it, we, kids must be a part of what we're doing. We need to model <laughs> our faith for them, not only in our homes, but in community. We want to show them what it looks like to be in intentional Christian community. Uh, and we've also kind of looked at judges and said, what happens if you don't? Well, you have a generation who doesn't know the Lord. And it's like, that's a scary sentence to hear. And so we don't want that. So it's imperative that our kids are in community. So I think the question that's going to be in everyone's mind now is how do we get them in community? Like, is it going to just take everything out of our community group if we incorporate them and we can't have any adult moments anymore where we're actually doing the deep stuff of life? Like, what are some good rhythms that you guys have experienced that has proven fruitful in including kids in community? I think so. A few weeks back, we talked about rhythms in in community. And so 
I, I try to say like Laura and I started a community group about five weeks ago. So mm-hmm. like we are, we feel like this is like a pilot. Yep. Like, okay, how are we doing this with the values that we have of abiding and deeply caring and proclaiming the gospel and those being the things that we talked about? How do we do this with kids? And so we came up with a rhythm that we're trying and man, there are days it's been great. And there are days we're like, we probably got to rethink this. Yep. But so one simple thing that we've done is we meet every week. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, you know, we don't take a break off of a week, but we say every week and we start with everybody gets together that first week and the guys and girls say, Hey, what's going on? Let's talk for a few minutes. And then the girls go in the back and they like do the abiding and the deeply caring for one another and the talking about what evangelism looks like while the guys on that first Sunday of the month are going to take the kids through a Jesus storybook Bible mm-hmm. or something simple. And one way that we've done it is we read the story and then we have someone else read it because repetition matters. And then we actually have a kid say, hey, can you try to tell us that back? Uh-huh. And then they'll try and then another kid will try and then we'll say, hey, kids, what about acting it out? Let's act out this story from the Gospel of John. And then we would say, any ways that we can obey this story? And that's it. Now, that sounds beautiful, right? Right, yeah. (laughs) I mean, it works perfectly every time (laughs) with our 15 kids. Um, Most of the time, we get through reading it and halfway acting it out. And then somebody jumps off the couch, bangs their head, and it's over. And the other kids run out in the back and jump on the trampoline. Yeah. Isn't that awesome, though? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we, so the big rhythm is guys and girls all come mm-hmm. together and then split. And then the next week we get a babysitter. We say, we don't get a babysitter. We say, hey, if you come to community group, get a babysitter at your home. So it's just the adults just once a month. So that second Sunday night of the month. The third, we all come together again. And this time we go um, girls in the back or guys in the back, yep. girls with the kids. And then the last one, we do a big family meal. So mm-hmm. three of the four, yep. the kids are actively there. Yep. And it's really, really hard. I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you know, we had these ideas of like, this is going to be awesome. And there are moments that's been really good. And I think our kids are growing, but um, it's been fun. Yeah. So that's that's like, if I say, what am I trying to like, what, what kind of rhythm am I throwing out there? That's one that we're trying. And so far it has felt really healthy. That's good. I'll say that. Crystal, what about you? So I just want to just in response to that, like I know the meaty part, the part that feels like it's really good is how far you can get through that planned lesson and retelling and like, okay, we did that part really good. But when you look at all the distractions and you look at the, I fell off and hit my head, like those are amazing gospel moments. Those are like moments you can capture where you get to watch how other parents like show their kids the gospel in those really hard moments, chances where other people get to see how you um, walk the gospel out with your kids. Um, You get to show compassion in those moments of they bump their heads. Um, And then even the playing together. So yes, they all run out to play, but don't like count that as a loss or like wipe your brow and say no one died. Um, We did it (laughs) like engaging in every piece of that, like kids love to play so you've got a chance to teach them how we put others first and you get to take your turn first and let's talk about what jesus said about the kingdom being upside down so if we can embrace like each moment yes we have the time the time that we scheduled to present the word in intentional ways but then we also have the moments that we capture along the way too so um whether it's you know five minutes of quality um, time in the word or whether it's an hour of just like playing and walking out the gospel yep. keeping your mind on like we're going to show jesus in everything we do and learn from each other like it's all important it's all valuable 
That's mm-hmm. a great reminder because I want to get through the Bible story. Right. And then I'm like, we failed. Yeah. <laughs> we only made right. it halfway through. But it is like all the time there's a different moment. And I've seen it and I probably haven't responded well many a times when the kids are fighting like, or, hey, why, why do these kids not ever hang out with these kids? And then how do we have those moments? And a lot of times you just get frustrated. Mm. Um, but that's a great reminder of how do we invite the Holy Spirit even into the chaotic, what, what, what feel like chaotic moments and say, God, you have to help us walk through this, how to forgive each other, how to actually reach out and be friends with people that you're not normally around or whatever. Yeah. So well, really and what an amazing moment too, to allow your kids, even if you weren't able to get through a Bible story to allow your kids to be like, where's mommy? And she's like, oh, she's in the back with her friends. Well, what are they doing? They're praying for each other. Well, why? Because we need God's power to help us in life. So why aren't you back there? Because we're taking care of you. So they we're sacrificing. So they, can, you know, you're you're really you're showing what Christian community looks like just by the act of having yeah. the guys come and take care of the the kids. Like, and you're you're showing them that oh, adults need each other, and we need to lean on each other. We need Jesus. And so I think uh, that we we often get this idea of Christian community. We talk about it in our community group as. Um, I don't think community is supposed to be a smaller, crappier version of Sunday morning (laughs) where it's like we have a a crappy distracted lesson and crappy distracted worship and crappy distracted prayers. It's like community groups need to look different than Sunday morning because they're filling a different role. And so just because we don't get to limp through a distracted Sunday ritual with our kids doesn't mean we failed because that's not what community group is. And so it's cool that we can try to be intentional with those moments and teach our kids in the way they should go and teach them Bible stories and pray with them. But it's also good that we can like do other things too and do them in a gospel-centered way. So I think that was, that was good, Chris. Leah, what do yeah. you think? Yeah, I was just going to add, um, I think it's been helpful to remember that it's got to be uh, fluid. Like it's got to be flexible to change because, mm-hmm. you know, we've got, when we started our C group a couple of years ago, there were mostly kids who were, you know, probably eight to 14. And so they didn't need a babysitter or somebody to oh, right. monitor safety for the most part. <laughs> um, so we would have them come in and join us for the first 15 or 20 minutes. We would do like a, even a little hearing God exercise together where we would ask it, ask the Holy Spirit something and pray and then everybody speak out kind of if the Lord showed them something or spoke to them and they would join in for a part and then they would go play. Well, then a few months later, you know, we had some families join that had younger kids. And so you got to, you got to rethink it every few months, every time it looks different. And so that's helpful to remember to be flexible and mm-hmm. um, re- remember that it's okay to, for it to look different. Absolutely right. Yeah. I think flexibility is super important and not even just for kids. I mean, yes. life moves and life is fluid and you know the people in your group need 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 something different each week and something somebody's going to need something that you weren't planning on offering that week and so if we're not being fluid and flexible not only for our kids but for the adults there we're not going to be meeting the needs that are showing up on our doorstep that i mean that is the truth like when we look at John 13 first John 4 and you have these these moments where it's you are to love each other or John 15, where if you're abiding, you will deeply care for one another. To love each other like Jesus loves us is massive sacrifice. Mm. But we don't like we live in a culture where you don't sacrifice much. You, you like you, you, you do things maybe for your own comfort or whatever. But when I think about our kids and then each other, when we're walking into community group, 
even just that time we're calling community group, which hopefully is not just that time we're calling community Mm -hmm. group. But when we walk in there, we have to walk in without our agenda Mm -hmm. or what would be best for us because the flexibility piece for the kids, but I agree. I mean, what about flexibility for adults when the guy walks in in your group and they've just lost their job and that shifts what the group looks like that night and and who we're going to lay hands on and pray for that night. And we didn't know, right? but, but the Holy spirit leads us in it. So super important. It's intriguing. Are there any other rhythms that you guys have found? Like, I just try to get a little practical here. So we kind of talked about the, uh, the, the routine of like big family gathering, men watch, uh, babysitter, women watch, big family gathering again. What are some other rhythms that you guys have found successful? Leah? Um, I would, I would add, I feel like that's been a really good one for our group. Okay. Um, one of the things that I think is really fun, this is not my idea, I don't claim it, uh, but one of the moms in our group um, a few months ago had the idea to get all the missionaries that Bridgeway supports and uh, different people signed up to talk about that country with the kids. So for that, we, we were having about 20 to 25 kids a night at that time. So we just literally couldn't be together. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so we would we had to put them in a different room um, or outside or something. So that's how we chose to deal with that um, particular detail of community. Um, so they would go to another room. We would talk about uh, that con- a country that, that Bridgeway supports. We would pray for the missionaries uh, from that country. Somebody would bring a, a food item from that country, and the kids seemed to really engage feel, and feel apart and not feel like they were just shuttled off to another room to mm-hmm. color for two hours. Right. Um, well, that was a fun. I, yeah. And I love that. Like yep. we're, we're, we're bringing in mission and, and even our kids thinking about people far away that either haven't heard the gospel. and but why, So why are we praying for people in Turkey? Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> because they don't know Jesus, and we care that much because of what he's done for us. And I think always going back to what he's done for us yeah. with yeah. our kids. Um, when you think of like different models, I, I also don't want to move away from the idea that you could have your kids in there yep. every week all the time. I've seen groups that have done it, and it's been effective in my like personality or I sometimes I've, is it my personality or my flesh? I don't know. I feel like I am not a multitasker. <laughs> so I'll just say this. When my kids are there and we're striving to listen to someone's heart mm-hmm. as they're talking about uh, something difficult going on, my brain always runs to like, oh, where's Owen? Right. Is he on the fence? Is he now in the front yard? So I have a hard time. So for us, we, we the rhythm that we've chosen feels right. Mm-hmm. But I know people who have said, man, the kids are in every time, all the time. And then I can guarantee you there are groups that are like, the kids are never in. Right. Yep. I, I would not be a super fan of that one, mm-hmm. but I understand too. Right. So it's like, is, are there ways, even if the kids are never in the big group, are there ways that if the kids are going to be in another room, that whoever is watching them is not just a babysitter? Yep. But is someone who said, "Oh, I, no, I love kids, but we want to talk about the gospel and mm-hmm. and have find these moments even in that room over there." Yeah, what what our community group uh, does, and we we have like zero to five, so they're they're toddlers. We just have toddlers and a few babies, and I mean, you know, the, the four and five year olds are not toddlers, but they're you know they're doing all kinds of things. Uh, and what we do is we just have a a room that they can go to with, that ha- will have like a few like manipulatives and toys, maybe a show on or something, and they can just come in and out of the room. And we don't have like a set person to watch them. We'll just have like without asking, one parent will get up, go, 
and then watch them for a little bit, come back in, and someone will tag out and, and go take over for them. Uh, and like a lot of times, all the kids are in the room for a little while, and then all the kids run and play for five minutes, and then and half of them are back in. And it's just this fluid, and like not all the parents are in the room at the same time because they're looking after. And it's just like we've done that for like the last three or four years, and it's just kind of worked for us. Yeah. It's just speaking of fluidity, so that's why I'm such a fan of the fluid idea because we're just like. This is just what life looks like sometimes, you know, and uh, it, it's worked well for us. We do we lay hands on p- parents while while holding a, a kid in the in your arms, you That's know, awesome. and yeah. uh, you know you're crying about the suffering of someone else while your kid is crying, and it just it just all mixes together. Um, and that's kind of how we we tended to handle it. We'll see what how that changes as the kids get to seven, ten, and as we get more and more of them. But you know, we've got about nine zero to fives so well and i love it because it's coming back to what you said earlier which is the modeling like they're going to ask questions now for the rest of their life of why did we Mm -hmm. when we met like what was happening and yeah sometimes we were in there sometimes we weren't but something important was going on going on and And we committed to it why would i not do that Mm -hmm. why would i not join be with people all the time and share and all that stuff yeah that's That's really good that's good well krista what do you got um so I'm just thinking like there's also this really great opportunity um, for um, making disciples who make disciples. And yeah. so um, when you look at some of the older kids, because there's, I mean, our group has 15, 16 year olds, and then we also have an infant, like we have a wide range. Yeah. Um, and we've been a part of groups in the past where um, parents would take turns a month at a time, like we're going to prepare something, we're taking the kids over here, um, and we're going to present a lesson. But then they would also bring those older kids into leadership positions, into oh, places yeah, right. where now you decide what we're going to do, you present, you um, um, put together some games for the kids to play. And so it's this really great rhythm where you're you're equipping children, older children, to be discipling younger children. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, yeah, I just love the piece of like we model service, we model sacrifice, we model loving each other well, and then we call our kids into that same place of doing that for those that are younger than them. Yeah, and that's really helpful. Uh, Andy, what have we not talked about on this subject that we need to make sure we touch on? I, I mean, really, I think we, I think we've touched on that. It's hard. We probably didn't touch on that enough. Like even even is. stories of yeah. like what happened this night. Yeah. Like it just blew up on us. Um, but I think just even sitting in here, it's been good to hear um, Kristen and Leah's perspective on even when it blows up, like take those moments. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe ending on like, take the moments that you have yeah. to continue to show our kids who God is, mm-hmm. his character, his love. Um, we can end on this because, I mean, it just makes sense. Uh, in Mark chapter 10, I mean, We've heard it. We've probably heard it a billion times. But in verse 13, it says, And they were bringing children to Jesus that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant. I mean, that's a big word there. And said to them, Let the children come to me. Don't hinder them, for to such belong the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. And there are a couple things in there. Mm. First off, Jesus loved kids Mm -hmm. all age uh, zero to 18 and he loves all people right Mm -hmm. but there was a focus there on kids and then he took them in his arms and he laid hands on them are we actually taking moments in our community groups to pray for our kids i think that's where we struggle i think a couple weeks ago we got to pray for two kids that were sick and it still felt like nothing's like 
no one's listening. It's like, okay, God is. God is. Yep. That's and, right. And 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 when it says that we are to that that we are to be like little kids to receive the kingdom, mm-hmm. I think maybe ending on we probably have as much to learn That's from right. and through our kids mm-hmm. as we think we have to give them or sadly control them. Yeah. So when we go in and when we have the moments, like even just sitting here talking has made me think, okay, when we get to lead the kids in a couple of weeks, it just shifted my mind of like, what am I going to learn and how's God sanctifying my heart and how is he do- working within our kids to learn how good he is? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's really good to say so that good. like we often, when we talk about kids being in our community groups, we often think about what what are we doing for them? You know, training them up in the way they should go, exampling, those are all our reasons and it's like, oh, because Jesus said that we need to be like children. And so we could really use their their influence yeah. on us to maybe not be so rigid and not be so this or that and uh, let the kids come in and party. Like, listening to our kids pray, I think, oh, has it's the been best. the biggest oh, blessing yeah. in oh, my yeah. life and being like, oh, it's that simple. Yeah. Why do I make it? Why do I have to use the big words? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, you love us. Thank you. Yeah. It's awesome. Krista, Leah, any closing thoughts? No, this was really great. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you all for being here. Uh, This was great. And we'll wrap up the series on community next week. So we hope you'll join us for that. In the meantime, have a great week and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Bridgeway Podcast, where you will find a new conversation every Thursday. For more information about Bridgeway Church, we invite you to visit bridgewaychurch.com, or you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BridgewayOKC, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash bridgewaychurchokc. If you have any questions that you would like us to address on the podcast, feel free to email us at podcast at bridgewaychurch.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving us a review on the podcast app as it helps other people like you find our program. So on behalf of all the pastors and staff here at Bridgeway Church, I'm David Bowden saying thanks for listening and we will see you next week.